Hello, and welcome to episode 169 of the Fuel Hotel Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Stuart Butler, joined today with Pete DeMeo. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the podcast. Are you excited, Pete? I am, but one thing I'm going to try to do is talk a lot faster, because I was listening to us last week, and I'm always annoyed with how slow I always talk, so I'm going to be on full speed today. Why, why don't you just put it on two speed, and you'll be faster? When you listen. No, but my problem is in real life, I'm only one speed. And, and I was listening to it on my computer, which doesn't have the speed up. So that made a problem. Okay. Well, Pete's excited because this is his show today. He put together notes. Back, back. He's going to be steering us through this. I, it was sort of your show last, last week, but last week was more of a collective effort. And uh, someone here today is disappointed that she met, missed it. And so we're joined today with Melissa Cavanaugh. Howdy ho! I missed very a good episode. But I missed, I, I, I missed out on all the fun. I'm very upset. But to be fair, Brittany did a stellar job stepping into your shoes. She did. She talked about booking engines that suck, so I'm very proud of her. Yeah, throw in a couple of just do it in a always be testing, and we, would, we wouldn't have missed you, I'll be honest. Thanks. I'm feeling the love. <laughs> I'm just kidding. We always miss you, Melissa. So... Hopefully we get to hear at the end of the episode about your uh, your jaunt. You just went on a trip, so I'm sure our listeners want to hear all about that. Uh, which which ended up, this is foreshadowing, ended up getting cut short. So stay tuned to the end to find out why Melissa had to cut her uh, her stay a little short. But yeah, we'll we'll talk about that in a little later. And also joining us today, rounding out the Fueligan crew, is Phil Foresca. Hey everybody, how's it going, Philip? Oh, I'm just happy it's Friday, happy it's the end of the month, it's almost Halloween, yeah, it's a good we're, day. We're recording on, on Friday, tomorrow is Halloween, and it is a blue moon, as Melissa pointed out before we started recording. That that doesn't come along very often. Once in a blue moon. It, exactly. <laughs> You've got to think the crazies are going to be out on Halloween, on a full moon, and a blue moon. It's going to be... I don't know. This yes. is going to be a weird Halloween. I don't it think is, I don't think too yeah. many crazies are going to make it out. I think oh, maybe I mean, only the crazies are making it out. Who knows? I I, I will put five dollars on that. The only okay. the crazies making out. Yeah. I think there will be plenty of crazies out there. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. I would warn people not to be crazy out there, but by the time this publishes, it will be post, so people will be able to be like, yes or no, we're either telling the truth or not, but. Something well, you write happening. to us. Info yeah, if you'll yeah, travel. Us. Let us know how crazy let it is. Let us know. But the people aren't here to hear that. They're here to hear hotel marketing wisdom from Pete DeMeo. And today, Pete, what, what do we got to serve to them? Well, today we're going to be going over my blog post, which is entitled, Is Your Post-Booking Strategy Costing You Bigly? <laughs> Hugely. <laughs> Huge. So here's the problem is that so many people stop paying attention to what happens to their customers after the booking and they're losing them between the booking and the stay. And we're going to fix that for you today. So converting after the conversion. Is Absolutely. People think there's jo- the job is done and it is far from done, especially right now, right? Cancellation's always been a problem in the industry, especially from OTA bookings. But now more than ever, drink everyone, bingo. 
Uh, <laughs> now more than ever, Dang. cancellations are a problem. So you could, you could have the most rocking ROI for some kind of advertising campaign, but if you lose half of those people to cancellations, it's kind of kind of a, a damp squib. Yeah. <laughs> that's, now that's, you need to explain an, what a damp squib. That's an inside squib baseball joke for the Fueligans. We were talking about damp squibs before before the show. So that's why I threw that out. But before we jump into the topic at hand, and this goes completely off the rails, what's going on in the news of Ruth? Wait, wait, wait. Wow. Wait, before the news of Ruse, mm-hmm. I think we need to tell Pete what happened today. A Lauren show. What Adele said about the news of Ruse. Oh, she loves she loves it when Melissa sings the news of Ruse jingle. Well, that's what we need to have happen for her today. Okay. So this this one's for you, Adele. <laughs> With hotel marketing we cannot lose. Now it's time for news of Ruse. Good job, Pete. Yes. Reserved to the bench. You, you, I have been, nothing to say. You've it's been pushed shallow, back. empty shell of what that song should be. You've been dethroned. Mm-hmm. To maybe, be maybe fair, to I couldn't up. have come up with the jingle, so it's fine. It's true. You're the creative inspiration. Yeah. Okay. I'm Melissa's, the writer. That's fine. Yeah. Melissa's the, the front man. All right. That, that works. But may, maybe we can come up with a, another jingle later in the show when... Melissa goes on a rant about new words being added to the dictionary or something. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What's going on in the news news, Melissa? So from Travel Pulse, we have heard that Marriott has announced some new packages that are basically for people working remotely. There's a new day pass, a stay pass, and a play pass. All super exciting. So Marriott did a survey and they found that 42% of respondents said that they would consider working from a hotel guest room. Not entirely surprising. So they have rolled out these sort of work-related packages. The day pass allows people to check in starting at 6 a.m. and then check out by 6 p.m. and they get access to Wi-Fi and food and drinks and whatever additional spaces the hotel has while they're working. And then you have the stay pass, which combines a day pass plus an overnight stay. And then the play pass is looking is for people looking to work while actually really getting away. So it's combining all the things. So I thought this was really smart of Marriott personally, from my own perspective. I know we have a beautiful beach here with hotels. And if I didn't need 14 screens to work and actually do my job, I would certainly consider checking in for the day and sitting yeah, at working the beach. On a balcony. Yeah. And working on a balcony or by the pool or at mm-hmm. a bar. I, I don't know, just saying. Well, we've seen this on the hotel side when you know hotels are promoting their workspaces that have been collecting dust for years now people are actually interested in going to a hotel and while on vacation using those office spaces and productivity areas i just no, this was smarter than from a marketing I, perspective I, this this really helps out the independent hotelier too with with the company like marriott promoting this out to the public um, people who might not have known that hotels were offering this type of stuff well, now no, because Marriott's going to spend their large marketing budget on on promoting this. So as the independent hotelier, you should piggyback on it, offer something similar, and, and bring someone to you. 
Yeah, and the reason it's going to be successful is because it rhymes. You know, you know, in in some some uh, marketing meeting somewhere along the line, they were trying to figure out what this was and how they're going to promote it, and someone realized they could say, you know, um, what is it? It's it's day, stay, and play. So yeah. Someone got really excited. They went where hey. I'm going to eat so, some hay, lay by the bay. I just may. What do you say? <laughs> <laughs> okay, Happy Dr. Gilmore. Yeah. That's Happy wow. Gilmore. That's not Dr. Seuss. Uh, is it? Okay. I thought he was just being really creative, but he's just ripping off someone else's. Okay. Yeah, like I'm telling you to do it with Marriott's <laughs> package. <laughs> it's borrowing. Is borrowing? Yeah, of course. I mean, there, there are no original ideas in marketing, right? Everyone uh, needs to look at what other people are doing and see what's working and try to try it and see if it works for you. We've been talking about stuff like this for, it feels like months and months now. To you got to find a way to drive business, and it's not the typical business of so being creative and experimenting with some kind of new revenue stream makes a lot of sense. I, I'd like to see more hotels doing you know how co-work facilities used to work where you could buy uh, either a certain number of days a month or you know you could prepay for stuff like what hotels could do that cuz a lot of people are talking about you know the ad hoc transient come come work for a day or whatever but why not sell a package you you got you know you can buy 15 or 20 or 30 days that you can as long as you give us enough notice you can come and go you know and book it whenever you want but that that at a discount, that would be great for cash flow right now. And you'd probably see some breakage on it too. So just get creative. Try different things. You never know what's going to work. But don't don't just rely on what used to work. Always be testing. Huh. There it is. You sound, <laughs> Hey, you sound just like Brittany. <laughs> I, think, I think she says that a lot. I think she coined that phrase. I don't remember. <laughs> All right. So, Pete, you want to kind of kick us into this? This topic, yeah. Event. So, so everyone understand. Everyone typically knows what we say when we say conversion funnel. People come into your website, they shop around, they go through the process, they check out, and bam, you know, conversion funnel success. You have a conversion. That's great. We're going to talk about today how that is a completely flawed process, and if you do not zoom out and look at the entire conversion cycle, you're completely missing what your customers are doing and probably losing a ton of money in the process. This all started oh, a month or two ago, probably even more than that. Melissa and I were in a meeting and looking over our monthly and annual revenue totals for one of our clients. And when you look at the online performance, anybody looking at the data would say, wow, 2020 was a phenomenal year. We were 15% up in revenue and you know, things are great. We all know that is, in fact, not the case. And as a marketer, we're doing our clients a disservice when we say, hey, look, you're definitely doing fantastic. You're up in revenue. When in reality, when you zoom out, there's a significant problem after the booking. And it's on all of us to make sure that we address that issue so that the bookings that you have or that you make are actually the bookings that go through the state process. Yeah, if they're not consumed and they don't count, right? And and so a lot of people, I've even seen this on when you're doing uh, performance-related advertising and you're paying cost per action or cost per stay or whatever as a percentage, 
and people aren't backing out the cancellations. It, it's or, or they're looking at just ROI of their marketing campaigns and not factoring out cancellations. It's it's just it's problematic and it it leads you down the path of making bad decisions. All right, and from a person who develops websites, the conversion funnel is still incredibly important because it shows you what's working well, what's not working, and helps you optimize the website process. But you also have to take a step back and say, from a hotelier's perspective, it only matters if that person actually stays. So from my perspective, you have to look at a more holistic view and say, after the booking, what can we do to make sure you keep that booking? So for that, we've got a couple different things that we want to talk about. Uh, How many? Five. Actually, six. There's only five, but I'm going to come up with a sixth one before, before it's over. It'll be something cheesy like listen to the Fuel Hotel Marketing Podcast. Yeah, that would be lame. We'd never do that. Yeah. So anyway, so let's dive in. So we all know about the conversion funnel. We're going to take a step back and look at the entire cycle. And that in the funnel, I like to think of is about 25% of the overall process. If you can get them to your website, you've done a lot of work already of creating the interest you know, cultivating the attention and driving the person into the process. But then once they come out the other end of that funnel, they got their confirmation number. There's a lot of time between booking and stay. And that's where we saw the big problem with this one client is if you looked at what we showed on paper in terms of what the website was doing, the website was showing they were 15% up in revenue year over year. However, when you looked at their actual budgetary figures, they were down 40% for 2020. And I don't think that number's you know, off the charts for any hotelier that's listening to the podcast now. I'm hoping that because you know we do good work for this client, that 40% being down is a little bit better than you know, people who, who aren't more focused on their marketing. But the reality is, is there's a, a lot of money got lost all because of cancellations. So with that being said... We have five things that we really want to focus on to help everyone improve that conversion funnel that takes place after your website conversion funnel and before the visit. And the first one is number one, the confirmation email. And this one's kind of obvious, right? Everyone has a confirmation email. You got to send it out because it's got the receipt and it's got the confirmation number. And if that's all you're doing, you're missing a huge opportunity to not only, I guess, instill that the guests made a great decision booking with you, but also giving them an opportunity to spend more money with you. Keep in mind, confirmation emails are opened 60 plus percent of the time. And it's a perfect opportunity. They already have their wallet out. Let's ask for a room upgrade. If you're staying at a ocean view, it's a great opportunity upgrade them to an ocean front if you're a, that type of property. If it's a, a one-bedroom room, upgrading them to a suite for a little bit more. That's all a great opportunity. But it's also a great opportunity to just help let the guests know what a great choice they made by focusing on the on-site amenities, either free or paid, whatever the guest is, is looking for, and just making sure that they understand that booking with your property was a great choice and they would be crazy to ever think about canceling their stay. Yeah, this is one that is, has always been important, right? That's the phenomenon of buyer's remorse that happens when anyone spends any money and makes a big decision that, that costs significant 
you know, amount of dollars. But now, especially because there's so much fear and uncertainty about the future, you've got to really do a good job of reassuring people here that they made a good decision, that you're going to take care of them. And if you think back to our sentiment studies and what are people afraid of, you know, what they're afraid of um, other guests, they're afraid of common spaces, they're afraid of the dirty rooms. So this would be a great, great time to, to show your, you know, safety guarantee or your cleanliness plus or whatever you're doing to to help make sure that they have a great comfortable stay, that they made a good decision. So I, I got a confirmation email the other day. It was not for a hotel. It was just for a product that I purchased. But the very first thing in the email was you have up to 24 hours to cancel this purchase. And it was the first thing that I saw. I mean, they're, they're, they're helping that buyer's remorse along. So if that's something that you offer, a quick cancellation, put that at the bottom of the email. Don't start with that. Yeah. yeah. It, it puts a thought in their head, right, that doesn't need to be put in there. They're already maybe having doubts, but now they're like, well, maybe I want to cancel. Well, do other people yeah. cancel? Why, do, why are the people canceling? Yeah, and you really want to shift modes from getting the sale to maintaining the sale. So becoming a resource for your, your future guest giving them content of, of things that they can do, uh, reasons that they made a great choice to visit the property and social sharing tools to give, to let them tell their friends that they're going on vacation, everything you can do to make your yourself a resource for them and break down any of those buyers remorse triggers that they may have coming up. So that's the very first thing you can do. Yeah. And there's this phenomenon that studies have shown repeatedly this has been proven time and time again that that a lot of people actually enjoy the anticipation of the trip more than the trip itself. And there's studies where they'll ask people every day for a period from when they book to after they've stayed, how happy are they that day? And it shows that leading up to the vacation to the trip can often be that that anticipation, that excitement can can be a bigger, stronger emotion than the actual trip itself. So tapping into that excitement with countdown timers or you know photos from last year's trip or share with your friends the you know those are the kind of things that can really get into someone's you know brain and and make them tethered to you in a way that that dramatically reduces the likelihood of cancellation. Yeah, and I think the 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 share with your friends one is is really big. Um, it's, it can number one it raises brand awareness. Uh, people get to see that, you know, they know their friends stayed with you. They'd be more willing to stay with you. Um, it, it may even bring somebody in right then, like, oh, I'd like to travel with them. Um, and if that's something that, that you can push, I mean, it may even be worth incentivizing with, you know, share this with your friends for a uh, 15% off food and beverage, something like that. Absolutely. <clears throat> All right, so that brings us to the second thing that we can be doing to improve that post-booking conversion funnel. Number two. And kind of staying in the same vein of emails, this is the pre-arrival triggered emails. And you don't want it to be just one. If the person is going to be showing up in 24 hours and they just made a booking, a confirmation email is great in a pre-arrival email. But if you have lag time between your booking and your stay, you want to use that to constantly reinforce the guests that they made a great choice and also constantly give them opportunities to make their stay even better. 
Pete. It works, for, it works for us because they can spin more too. I wanna I wanna say you have pre-arrival triggered emails. Shouldn't it just be pre-arrival triggered messaging? What if they prefer to talk to you via text? Well, now I gotta change the whole blog post and the show now. <laughs> but you're right. <laughs> no, Might that, I also say what in especially in COVID times, now more than ever. Right. In those Ding. pre-arrival emails would be a really good place to update your guests as to what things are open and not open in your town, because that's what they want to know according to our sentiment study. And that is what they are not getting before they arrive at your hotel. That is the truth. I was just in a HSMAI uh, seminar where they were talking about that exact same thing. And for some reason, hotels are still not telling people the basics of, of when they get to the property if the pool's open. Yeah, that's, that's super important. Yeah, and don't let your pre-arrival messaging be stagnant either. Uh, can I can I now more than ever you one more time? Yes. Ding, drink. Um, yeah. Don't don't let these things become stale. Don't send the same pre-arrival email that you've sent for years and years and years. Upgrade it with with things like we're talking about now. What's open? What's around you? Um, you know, new things are opening every day. Different ski destinations, even right now, are just just starting to open. Um, make sure your guests know what's ahead for them and get them, again, excited about their stay. Yeah, the other thing I would say about these these messages is they're really important at setting expectations, right? And so if we, if we look right now, I don't know if you saw this, but Marriott just pulled down verified reviews from their site. They, a lot of people are struggling right now because consumer expectations, a lot of consumers are expecting the same experience and they're going to a hotel and it's a different experience because of COVID and there's protocols in place. Like daily housekeeping would be an example, right? A lot of hotels have gone to on-request housekeeping. That's not a problem if you set expectations appropriately. It's only a problem if a guest shows up at the hotel and then expects that the room to get cleaned and it doesn't get cleaned that's when it's a problem right so using this pre-arrival message to set expectations talk about your new protocols talk about the the check-in experience maybe promote your mobile app and show them they can do contactless check-in that kind of stuff that's going to really set them up for a a more enjoyable stay and and then they're going to you know share that with on social media they're going to tell their friends about it and they're going to come back more importantly Mm-hmm. And even once COVID's gone and we kind of go back to a more normal marketing structure, keep in mind that these are still incredibly effective messages and it's an awesome opportunity. And we've talked about this on the, on the show in the past where you can go to your guests and say, hey, for only $10 more per night, you can upgrade your room to X or Y or whatever it might be. Because one, you're keeping the guests engaged. They're just made their stay even better, which means they're less likely to cancel. And as guests upgrade their rooms, you're opening up lower cost inventory that you can then resell on the market. But we've gone into the pre-arrival messages at length. There's a couple articles we've written as well as pop uh, episode 119 that you can listen to as well. And I've got notes and links to that in the, uh, the show notes as well as the article. So you guys ready to jump into number three? Number three, 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 three,
into not just driving a new guest to your property, but keeping those existing guests that you have from canceling. I mean, if you think about it from anytime you tell somebody that you're going to do something, you're now beholden to them to actually make that happen. So if you tell the world on Facebook or Twitter that you're going on a vacation to wherever it might be, you kind of want to make sure you follow through because people are going to expecting photos from your that destination, expecting stories and you know all the selfies that come from a big trip. Yeah, I'd also say there's a, you know showing photos of people that had a great stay. It's it's not too late to show them. I mean, obviously you should be using that in your marketing to drive bookings, but I think in sending in pre-arrival messages or anticipate anticipating messages photos of happy guests and the things they said might just reassure them again that they're making the right decision maybe even looking at if you have a webcam uh, you know or some kind of camera that's looking at the pool deck or showing happy guests that or, or even the lobby and the you know how spaced out people are and things like that showing people other people doing the things you're about to do because don't forget one of the big drivers of cancellations right now is the fact that it's the person's first trip during COVID. So they're just a little scared. And just like they were scared the first time they went to the grocery store, knowing other people have done it successfully is going to make them feel a little bit better, a little braver, and a little more likely to do it. That's absolutely true. You just made me think someone should have a <laughs> like a looped GIF of someone cleaning the lobby. Put that out there. <laughs> <laughs> It's not a bad idea, right? Or showing showing how separated people are at the check-in process, yeah. or, or video of the check-in process, talking about the protocols, you know, and I mean, showing real guests. We, we've talked about that, and and every single consumer sentiment study, the thing that people are concerned most with, or mm-hmm. um, I don't even want to say concerned, but just interested in, is safety. That's the biggest word in our word cloud every time is safety. So uh, maybe maybe showing something like that along with hey, people are being safe and look at all these people being safe who have also stayed here. I, you know, that, that, that can yeah. go a long way with reassuring someone that, that they did make a good choice. Yeah, and that's the whole point of all of this communication is you, you're, you're trying to lock in the bookings that you just received all the way through their stay. And when you start dropping certain elements of this and you don't give them that reassurance, you're going to have cancellations. Yeah. I mean, one one quick idea that you could implement and it will cost you literally nothing is grab your cell phone, put on a mask and go talk, stand at a distance from someone that is getting ready to check out or is on the pool deck and, and ask them if you can have a conversation and use it on your website, but interview people and say, how has the experience been and what was the check-in process like and are we meeting your expectations? Record real conversations with real guests and use that in your promotions. Use it in your pre-arrival. Use it in all your marketing. Put it on your social channels. But put send it to the guests so that they know, again, what to expect. But more importantly, they see that other people are doing it and that, that they're doing just fine. That social proof is such a powerful psychological hack. People are more likely to do something if they see someone else that's already done it. So just shooting quick videos of real guests cost you nothing, post it to your social channels, and send it in your next emails. That that alone will move the needle. Yep. And honestly, that leads perfectly into the next one that I have on the list. Number which is number four. Personal communications. Actually picking up the phone 
and calling guests prior to their arrival. Now, you may not have the staff to make this happen every single time, but if you do have downtime and you see your staff twiddling their thumbs, that's a great time to say, hey, pick up the phone, look at anybody who's coming in the next week and just give them a call and say, we're excited about having you visit. You know, we're, we're excited, we're ready for you, we're a safe place, just to proactively overcome any last minute concerns that a guest might have. Yeah, outbound phone calls in general are so underutilized in the hospitality industry. I, I think you know, from, it's a great sales tool. The folks that we work with that do it as a sales generator get a phenomenal return on, on spending that time. But this is an opportunity for you to make a deep connection, a human connection with, with the guests. And maybe you don't have the staff to do everyone. But maybe take a look at and say, okay, these are VIP guests that have stayed with me before. Or these are people that are going to stay a certain length of time. Maybe I'm not going to do it for the people that stay in one or two nights. But anyone that's staying three or more nights, let me call them. It's going to take a couple of minutes and dramatically reduce the chance of cancellation. Or if, if you find out, hey, they're thinking about canceling, maybe you can uh, identify the reason. Either get them rebooked for a later date or something like that. So... And I would say on this one too, don't be afraid. It's not too late after they've canceled to do this. You know, this is looking at this this funnel. Some people are going to change their mind just like they booked and then canceled. They might cancel and then you might be able to nudge them back towards rebooking by picking up the phone and saying, hey, we saw you cancel. We're sorry to see that. You know, is there anything we can do? Can we book you a later date? And see if you can reassure them and, and eliminate some of the, the friction points that they've conjured up. Yeah, I think it's also important with this um, to whoever you have in, in charge of reaching out, if it's one person or multiple people, having them record, not necessarily the entire call, but what happened during it. Were they able to bring somebody back? Were they able to get someone to upgrade? Did that person eventually make the stay? Um, and then reviewing that that data you know, in, in the future, just to see, did this personal communication work for you? If it did, great. If it didn't, how can you improve it? Well, that reminds me of something that Brittany always says, which is always be testing and then make sure you're <laughs> yeah. tracking everything. Brittany is so <laughs> smart. I can't believe she came up with that all on her own. I think that brings me back to what Phil said last week, though, about first party data and how important it is. <laughs> you yes. showing off that you listen to the podcast even when you're not on it? I, I think I am. Yeah. <laughs> maybe Thanks, maybe when you listen, that's probably where you, you got that always be testing MVP. from. That you award's did. never been given out on the podcast. Yeah. He did, he did good last week. I mean, Brittany was a, qu- a close second, and, and Pete was a close second too, but it, it everyone did a stellar job. But um, yeah. Don't worry, guys. The plaque's on my wall. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, you guys ready to jump into number five? All right, so I'm going out on a limb on this one. And Phil and I talked about this a little bit and are trying to figure out how to best use this for our clients. But creating paid reassurance campaigns. So this is kind of a a new term here. But the idea is if you can create a proper audience either through uh, Google, Facebook, or whatever platform that you're using of people who have booked and then serve them up paid messages – reinforcing their stay decision or providing them upgrade opportunities. 
there could be a lot of opportunity there to engage with them beyond just your website, beyond your emails and all those push things you're doing, but just becoming part of their web ecosystem as they're, they're browsing the web. So yeah, this is a hard sell for some people, man. I, I, I bet there's a lot of people being like, you're crazy. We already got the sale. Why would we spend money? So I, I think you've got to approach it the right way, right? And you've got to be yeah, and I, I, testing and I, I to make sure. Here and we kind of want yeah. to just really bake this out and see how this would all work. I'm not suggesting that we put a lot of money toward this. Yeah. But if you know you have a significant problem with cancellations and right. you're like this one client we're talking about where – the revenue says you're 15% up, but you're actually 40% down. It may make sense to make a hyper-focused, targeted campaign based on the audiences that we have. Yeah, and, but Brittany and would tell you to use... test it. You know, make sure you <laughs> test it. Like split the split it in two, and then test it. And and our original thoughts on this is, you you have to use all the tactics that we were we we're just talking about in in terms of social proof so if if this is a display advertisement maybe people with masks staying at your property to let people understand the recency of uh, of the image that they're seeing um but but really again you're just trying to get people excited about their stay and and pete i do have one addition to this that we didn't talk about in your blog post that i think we should add What's so that? Er earlier in you know during the pandemic one of our recommendations was to go make sure you've added um, cancel and, and cancellation and refund to your negative keyword lists for PPC. My new recommendation, looking back on it, is take those words and put them into their own ad group within your paid search campaigns, uh, cancel, cancellation, refund, um, remove that negative keyword. And if someone searches your property name plus one of those three terms, the search ad they should see should be pointing them to a place where they can see social proof and they can see that you know you have other options rather than a cancellation. That is a phenomenal idea, Phil. I love it. Now would you now would you create a lot of content around that or would it be more of a customized cancellation or reservation policy that you send them I to? I don't know there needs to be. So let's put it this way. If you are doing the right thing on your homepage and you're showing the social proof and you're showing that, you know, you have uh, not necessarily a cancellation, but, you know, no penalty to change your dates. If you're doing those things that we've talked about in the past, um, then it's OK. If if you don't make that known, maybe it is time to create a dedicated PPC landing page that you send someone to uh, who is currently searching those terms and say, you know, wait, don't cancel yet. Here's another option for you. Um, you know, change the dates of your stay or, you know, I don't know. Just, I mean, it seems like it's easy enough to create new content and new pages. Like your homepage has a the conversion funnel designed for new guests to go through and book. I don't know that you'll ever really optimize it enough to be someone's yeah. who already booked and just try and get them to not book. Good point. Yeah, I Good agree. Point. I, I would have a custom experience that deliberately targets the known issues and roadblocks and tries to nudge and, people and convince and them. And maybe that, if, if you're looking to cancel, you cannot even get to, to cancel until you viewed this page. Yeah. You know, even like from emails, from calls, whatever it might yeah. be, send them through what yeah, should be an Process. You know who does a really good job of that? If you look at any of the um, food delivery services, 
like um, you know, uh, Blue Apron and people like that. Uh, if you ever try to cancel one of those, like, wait, don't go. Yeah, they're like, well, why are you not? Why are you canceling? Is it too frequent? Well, we can we can do it less frequently. Is it you know? They they go through a bunch of steps to make sure they can't fix the problem before you actually um, cancel. And you don't want to be a jerk about it, right? You don't want to just like try to force them to stay if they don't want to. But I think if you do it from the right position of trying to genuinely help them because you you believe that your travel soothes the spirit and that they need the travel right now to, to help them deal with the situation and that yours is the right place for them to stay if you really believe that and you think it's in their interest for them to stay with you then doing it in the right way i think it's fine to try to eliminate whatever their their concerns and their their roadblocks are good one phil i like that we i'm guessing we haven't tried that with any clients yet we haven't. Um, that just popped into my head as we were yeah. uh, talking about paid reassurance campaigns. Be- like, man, I told people to to just not run ads on cancellations, yeah. but that's not well, the right way to go. The, yeah, that was the kind of quick uh, um, response, right? Because it, it was like, oh no, we're burning through money, so we're trying to prevent that. So I, I think, I think you know, like everything, like I think our opinions should should change over time as we learn more and we reconsider things. I think it's. Um, the best campaigns are always the ones that are constantly evolving. So I don't think there's any shame in that. I mean, I, I would say I'd go out on a limb and say you may have just won MVP for two weeks in a row with the, what? That one comment. <laughs> I mean, that's insane. Come on, hey, man! Pete. One more week and you got a turkey. Pete, I just took MVP on two of your episodes. I know this is embarrassing. <laughs> I mean, Pete's kind of mailing it in these days. He's not even singing jingles. <laughs> All right. Well, so that's kind of the, the five things that we're thinking will lead you to optimizing just a portion of the camp, the conversion funnel between the booking and the stay. The conversion cycle is so much larger than that, right? And there's there's elements being added, there's elements being taken away, and I think we're going to keep digging down into this cycle and dissecting each element and saying how can we optimize each area of that cycle to result in the best possible revenue for our hotels. Yeah, and one, one of the things that got me excited was the conversation you and I had a week or so ago, Pete, about how the, the cycles kind of spin off new cycles as well. And, and that's something we really need to dig into right now, especially as now more than ever, ding, ding, uh, is because people are really relying on seeing other people traveling and hearing about their experience, that word of mouth, the advocacy side of things. And in in that's a part of, like, say I travel, right? A part of my cycle is that post-stay advocacy or maybe even during-stay advocacy stuff. Each one of those advocacy touch points for me could be an inspiration touch point in someone else's cycle. So all of these people, in the, their cycle's all in a lock, and it, it, it becomes, like, really symbiotic. And, and then it kind of reinforces itself because if I inspire you to travel – and then a, a month later, you travel. You can then inspire me to travel again and remind me of how what a great time I had. So, it's 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 very complex. But that to me is that like the secret to getting people to travel right now is really tapping into that power of the people that are traveling and leveraging that to encourage other people to travel. That should be at the center of everything you do. You know who's inspired me to travel? Oh, would that be Miss? Uh, I was going to say Brittany, but I guess it was <laughs> Melissa. 
Melissa cannot stop raving about a particular hotel chain that she loves so much. And I swear, next time I go to a city that has one, I will stay there just to verify its awesomeness at this point. Now, I, I and I will say that she, you know, and Melissa can tell the story, but she didn't have the, the perfect vacation, right? But you came back, I would say, Melissa, as even more of a strong brand loyalist than you were when you left. Would that be accurate? Who is this brand? Uh, the brand might be Kimpton. Which you've talked it about on the be. show before, right? You have a major What's brand it? crush on Kimpton. And and it's not because of their great marketing. It's because of the experience. The experience you've always had when you stayed there. So you want to you tell us a little bit about your experience and give them a shout out? Yeah, so I went to Asheville with my dog, Aurora. And particularly was excited when I found out that there was a Kempton there. It's relatively new and it's right downtown and it is a beautiful boutique property. Um, And I got there with the intent of staying three nights and I ended up leaving a day early. But in the process, I checked in with my dog and uh, Andrew at the front desk Andrew and I became very close friends during these couple of days. <laughs> I think he must work 24 hours because he was always there when I walked through the lobby. Poor guy. Uh, I checked in and he said, oh, your room's not quite ready yet. I'll let you know. Just have a seat and we'll, you know, so sorry for the delay. And I was like, no worries. I'm in the hotel industry. I understand. He's like, yeah, we're just cleaning up the room and finishing it for you. Just have a seat. And in the meantime, he got to know my dog and he brought me over a bag of baked dog treats from a local dog bakery down the road and explained the little discount thing that they have going on between the hotel and the little dog bakery. And Aurora was very happy to get dog treats. And then once my room was ready, he showed me how to work the elevator, which was super fancy. And you can only go to, like, you can only fit yourself basically in the elevator. And you can only go to your floor, which is also very interesting. And Aurora promptly got onto the elevator and cowered terrified as the elevator was moving because she didn't understand what was happening to this room (laughs) that was moving. So she didn't have such a great experience. But then we got to the room and it was beautiful and we're overlooking the mountains and it was fall and it was awesome. And then we had to go back outside and Aurora wouldn't go in the elevator. So we took the flight, six flights of stairs downstairs and we went on our merry way. And we had an awesome day out. We did all kinds of things in Nashville and then we came back that evening. And again, she would not go in the elevator. Poor Andrew at the front desk helped me coerce her onto the elevator. But it got progressively worse every time we left the room to the point where she was having none of it. We became a spectacle at the hotel. (laughs) And I kept apologizing to Andrew because now he had to go up the elevator to open the stairwell door so that I could climb the six flights of stairs. And he could open up the room, you know, the, the the door to the floor so we could go in our hotel room. So with all that being said, we checked out a little early because it was at that point just becoming more stress for me than it was enjoyable. But it had no like it wasn't, you know, 
a ding against the hotel that I have a crazy dog. <laughs> so Andrew was super helpful. When I say like he was crawling on the floor trying to get Aurora to get on the elevator. I mean, oh. front desk staff was awesome. They were amazing. Hats off to them. And it was That's a beautiful great. property. Yeah. And I will go back again. Maybe not with my dog. Well, maybe first floor only. Yeah. I'm not entirely sure they had rooms on the first floor. Maybe they learned from you as much as you learned from them. Your dog-friendly room should be on the first floor. So so I because they went before. above and beyond, I'm sure you went and left lots of positive reviews for them. Be my I left a review on every site that I could think of, including, by the way, the post-stay email that I got. I mentioned Andrew in every single place. Good. That is what hospitality is about. The other thing that's really neat is they must listen to our podcast because they have local partnership. And as if you listen to last week's episode, we talked about how valuable that is right now to be connecting with other people. So think about that as a perfect example, right? If you're a pet friendly hotel, you have a relationship with a local um, place that sells stuff to pets. They're giving away stuff for free in exchange for you getting exposure. You know, in exchange for getting exposure, that's win-win. The guest is happy, the dog is happy, the hotel is happy, and that other business is happy. That's exactly how partnerships should work. You know, sadly, I'm afraid to admit that I never actually made it to that store. I was going to, but because our trip got cut short, I never actually yeah. made it there. But there was a coupon, like I had a, like a five dollar off coupon, and I definitely right. would have gone. Yeah, and and a lot of people don't but a lot of people do right and i get bet i bet by having the coupon more people go to that place than than would if they didn't do the coupon so it it really is win-win you shouldn't feel bad for that it's you know they're not going to get 100 percent participation but you know it probably only cost them a a couple of bucks to for the the cookies as well if that Mm -hmm. i mean how much does it cost to make like five little heart-shaped cookies yeah especially when they don't have to taste good because they're for dogs so. so I just think it's funny how we have zero affiliation with Kimpton and they've probably gotten the best press off of us of anybody. Yeah. Well, they to be fair, right. our audiences are not, you know, our audience are hotel marketers. But they Who travel sure and a lot tra- of them have pets, you know, you, believe it or not, hotel marketers are humans. And they probably travel more than most others because they want to see what's <laughs> happening out there. Yeah. So if you're in Asheville and you stop off at the Kempton, say hey to Andrew and tell him that Melissa sent you. Is it the Hotel Araz? Is that how you yes. say that? I don't know how you say it, but that is that is the name of the property. And it looks like they have a bunch of local kind of partnerships. They have an art program where you can see glass getting blown and all kinds of cool stuff. So it's pretty cool. It's a really cool property. They've got two little restaurants in there, had breakfast outside, had delicious coffee bar. It was I just, and, and the room was beautiful. And they had USB plugs and regular outlets on both sides of the bed. You didn't have to like crawl behind the bed to try and find an outlet. It was great. Customer experience is queen and she wears the pants. It is... <laughs> I thought we said experience was king and content was the queen. Yeah, well, I I had this debate with Tim on Lauren's show last week because I, I called him to task with the fact that content is king and customer service is queen and or customer experience is queen and, and that there's, there's a implied hierarchy to that, right? That 
that a king is somehow greater than the queen, although in today's world that's not necessarily the case. But I pointed out the reason that Prince Philip is prince and not King Philip is because kings do still in monarchies outrank queens. And so if, if there's a reigning monarch in England that is a queen, her husband becomes a prince, not a king. But if there's a reigning king, his wife becomes a queen, right? So there is a there is a literal hierarchy as well as an implied inferred hierarchy. So I told so him that it needed to... I, I, I got I to pause you there. So you're saying Queen Elizabeth mm-hmm. only ever had a prince for a husband? Yes. Yeah, yeah. What? Prince Philip is, is a prince. He's not a king. It sounds like she married her son. <laughs> what you guys got going on over there? That's common for English people. <laughs> English monarchy, that's normal. Yeah, probably so. All right, we cleared that up. So I, I told Tim, I was like, it should be the opposite way around, right? Customer experience is is king. Or we can just keep the alliteration of content is king because that's something that's been said for a long time. And just say content is king, customer experience is queen, but she wears the pants. And then everyone's happy. It's like she's in charge. So I think that's where we're going to leave it. But yeah, if you didn't listen to last week's episode, we really debated, you know, in the way you should be investing, both content and customer experience floated to the top along with data being the crown jewels and um we just kind of decided that they're all pretty much equal and equally valuable but maybe customer experience is the most important of all oh hey can i say one more thing that kimpton did well yeah well i'm here uh because this is hotel marketing um during my stay i got three different text messages from kimpton asking me how my stay was going Two were after check-in just saying, hey, hope everything in the room is okay. Please rate your experience on one to 10. And when I responded, I got, thank you so much. Please go ahead and, you know, submit a review for us. And I also got a text message straight up on just the valet service. How is your valet service? Like Hmm. they wanted to know all the things. How about that, huh? Knowing how your guest feels. What a novel concept. What a novel concept. That's great. Well, they seem to be doing a lot, a lot of things right. Hopefully, your hotel is doing it right as well. And um, if if you still need lots to to fix and do, we have 168 episodes of the podcast that you can go listen to that are packed full of tips, tricks, and ideas for you to implement for your hotel. So, if you this is the first time listening, welcome. If this was your 169th episode that you listened to, then congratulations. You are really the MVP more than Phil. So. Hey, I'm going to throw in a new segment to the show. So, Pete. Pete, Yes. You want to do a jingle for Melissa's rant? That's going to be the segment. Melissa's rant. Ooh. I'm thinking like like a Halloween-themed one. Like, grumpy, grumpy Melissa. She's got something to say. Here she is. Stand back. Blah blah blah. I don't know. That's the best I could do. I, I had something oh, you, going there. On the spot, Pete. You're no Eminem, but I appreciate the effort. It started really well. It started really well. She's got something to say because something happened to her, and now she's having a bad day. It's grumpy, Melissa. All right, so Melissa, what are you grumpy about today? Irregardless. Irregardless oh, is now a word in the dictionary. Irregardless. So if foolish people say the wrong word for long enough, it it gets made into a real word. Yeah, it's just, it's wrong. 
Irregardless of what anybody else thinks. Uh, I don't believe it. It's not my dictionary. Stop it. It's terrible. It's not yeah, mine. I thought I ran about it. I'm still making fun of you. But they also added woke. Did you know that? Ugh. They had to though. I mean, that's that's a nomenclature thing that that you know, as language changes, I think you have to add words like that. That I don't have a problem with. Right? It's like when they added cowabunga or dope, you know, for Homer Simpson. I, yeah. I think that's just part of culture. Irregardless is the pronunciation. Yeah. It's laziness. Yeah. Irregardless. Yeah. All right. Well, I got to work on a better jingle. I'll, I'll spend my time doing that. Melissa, right. you need to be upset about something next week. I'm sure I can find something. Something that has burned my buttons. <laughs> yeah, the, the fact that we're telling everyone that Brittany came up with always be testing that could be your next next week's card. <laughs> hey, we have some listener feedback. I think unless we you guys oh, read yeah. it last week and I forgot about it. No, we no. did not read this. We yeah, we it saved it specifically you. for you. Yeah, go for it. So I got some listener feedback on LinkedIn from Magali, who is a senior marketing manager in France, and I love that. Our listenership is literally global. So excited. And she said, hi, Melissa. I've been listening to your podcast for several months now. Whoa, 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 whoa. You know the rules. You know the rules. you got to do it in a French accent. <laughs> I thought that only applied <laughs> Good <to> luck. <laughs> then Pete has to read it in a French accent. I do not uh, do accents. No, Pete does a French accent. We're giving this one to Pete then. No. All right, Melissa, carry on. Sorry. I've been listening to your podcast for several months now and absolutely love it. Allows me to stay current and keep learning. Thank you so much for that. That was really sweet. It was very sweet. Well, Miguel has more questions for us. And I sent this out on Skype to our whole podcast crew. So we owe her an answer about how you can get more certifications and make the most out of downtime during COVID. So we've got some homework to do for Miguel. Yeah. Yeah. Stay tuned. We'll, we'll definitely talk about that. I, I know from my perspective, this past year I took the CHDM from HSMEI, which is certified hospitality digital marketer. It, it's a pretty comprehensive certification. I think any certifications you get just set you up for, future success it's it's something that most people look at as you know is this person really passionate about the industry are they willing to roll up their sleeves and especially during covid you know we we, when we interview people and we actually interviewed someone who adding a team member right now and we went through that interview process this week you know digging into what people are doing during covid is is a real good indicator of what kind of employee they're going to be. You know, if they just kind of put their feet up and, and threw in the towel, they're probably not the kind of person that's going to be a go-getter for your company. But if they spent their time really immersing themselves and trying to improve their skill set and come out of COVID a stronger candidate, especially if they were let go or furloughed or something, then then I think that that's you should be doing that stuff. And there's so many free resources out there. Sign up for every... Um, webinar that that's out there and look at these certifications um i don't know the ones she's specifically referencing so that's where pete said we need to do our homework but i would say look at the the big three from my perspective organizations that you should be looking at from a content perspective you know obviously other than the fuel hotel marketing podcast but hsmai 
Um, they do a great job with pushing out content. Um, AHLA, uh, American Hotel and Lodging Association, I know you're in France, but they still put out a lot of good quality content. And then AHOA would be the other one. It's, again, North American-based, but it, it's what the, the information they push out is, is relevant, again, globally. So those are three organizations that just do a good job pushing out content. In terms of certifications, we'll, we'll put a pin in that one and we'll get back to you and kind of maybe even ask some of our hotel friends at what ones they value the most. There you have it. There you have it. Yeah, I was going to do the whole intro in, in, in French. Um, you know, I was going to be like, bonjour, je m'appelle Stuart Butler. But I, I didn't because I couldn't pronounce some of the words. I did Google Translate to get the whole, you know, welcome to the Fuel Hotel Marketing Podcast. And um, I, I, there's no way. I would have butchered it more than Pete does with an Italian accent. So I didn't try it. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you for listening, wherever you, <laughs> you may be. Uh, Melissa, if if someone else wants to hit you up on LinkedIn and leave you a nice message, then where can they do that? Oh, yeah, LinkedIn. LinkedIn. What's your name? You want to spell My your name so they can find you? Melissa Kavanaugh, K-A-V-A-N-A-G-H. Know you. Know you. K, know you. All right. And Pete. They can find me on LinkedIn also. I'm Pete DeMeo, all one word, or on Twitter at P DeMeo, P-D-I-M-A-I-O. It, it sounded like you were saying Pete and DeMeo was all one word, like there's no space Pete, between yeah. P-E-T-E-D-I-M-A-I-O on LinkedIn. Yeah. All, all one word, no space in between Pete and DeMeo. Right. Got it. <laughs> all right. And then uh, Philip. Uh, you can find me on LinkedIn also. Uh, it's at Phil Fariska, F-O-R-I-S-K-A. You can find me at Stuart Butler. That's Stuart with a U and Butler with a U. You can find us collectively at Fuel Travel. You can find notes to today's show, fueltravel.com slash podcast. Click on episode 169. And until next time, you have been listening to the Fuel Hotel Marketing Podcast. Hey, you know, I've realized my um, my dishwasher plays 20th Century Boy by T-Rex. Like, as it starts, you know, there's the intro to that song. It goes, jang, jang, ding, nah, 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 nah. You know what I'm talking about? That, when you sing like that, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, <laughs> that's, what my, um, that's what my dishwasher does. It does these two, like, jang. And then it starts going. So, yeah, Mark, Mark Boland, Mark, the spirit of Mark Boland is is in my is in, in my dishwasher. Peak COVID craziness. 